0: Yes. sometimes
1: you're you don't even re- realize how stuff affects you until mm, like you're feeling sure. it
0: mm-hmm.
2: what a cool word though vicarious trauma yeah mm-hmm. i can see that's how i have that into now vocabulary
1: that's, <laughs> that's going into my resume future employers <laughs> just kidding qualifications vicarious,
2: vicarious trauma, trauma. <laughs> So today we have a really special episode. We have an art therapist, Grace snow who's going to be talking to us about art therapy and mental health issues. And I think this is a really interesting topic and one of the reasons why the recent Joker movie was so well-received, um, because it really brings mental and maybe early childhood and early development issues to the forefront and how it really impacts our later adult personalities in ways that we weren't even aware about, you know. Um, so... You just you haven't you've been here how For long?
0: Seven months, I think. Seven I just months. arrived here in April. Oh, you know, oh so another, I'm still adjusting. <laughs> another fresh off the boat. <laughs> yes. <cast. laughs>
2: So, is there anything that you particularly miss about New York?
0: Um, actually, I miss everything, um, but especially, I think, museum and gallery hopping during oh, the weekend's yeah. night. Um, so, in New York City, um, the museum and galleries opens until 10 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, actually, if I do not have any appointment with my friends and I just want to do my I just, if I just want to have my own self-care time, um, I can just, you know, walk to the museum, Whitney Museum, and then go to MoMA, and then spend my own time for like 8 to 10, which was really, really great self t- self-care time for mm-hmm. me. So, yeah, and then walking on the Hudson River side with a cup of $3 coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, can't, have,
2: can't get that here.
0: You, yes. can, you can do a like the Cheonggyecheon River. Yeah, or Han River, or the right? Han like River, we can do the same thing with a dollar coffee mm, just kidding. But atmosphere yeah. is a little different. Of course. Very <laughs> true. Yeah, and also like bike riding in Central Park. Mm. <laughs>
1: They're very you just listed very very New York things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Dream. You must really miss it though, especially mm. cuz you were, you know, you work there too cuz a lot of people study there, but you actually you know, spent your, what do you call it? Like your working social life there too, which is, life. Yeah. which is different from mm-hmm. just like studying mm-hmm. in a city. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And she graduated, you know, did all her education, you know, in the state. Uh, she earned her bachelor of fine arts from uh, the School of Arts Institute of Chicago and her MA from New York University. Mm-hmm. And you also grew up a little bit in Canada as well, right? Yeah, I
0: spent my high school year in Toronto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so all, all of your high school years? Yeah, mostly.
1: Okay. Yeah, Shin has to plug in any Mm. any connection he can find with Canada. So Grace is
2: a little awesome because she spent that little bit of time in Canada.
0: uh, (laughs) But clearly, she only has love for New York. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he doesn't say anything about about Toronto. Toronto? Think about the reason why I, you know, ran away from Canada and went to college in New York. (laughs) That's so true. We will get into that. She wasn't welcome in Canada anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Grace, aside from everything you miss about the States, um, why don't you talk about some of the things you are doing here right now and also what you like what you don't like how it feels to be back just anything about your transition because it is it is quite a transition that you moved here
0: um so after i came back to the states i pioneered an art therapy program at school setting for north korean defectors children and also work with a single parent's children and also worked with other client at clinical setting. Um, I feel really great to bring what I learned from the state to my, my motherland. And I feel really blessed to have these opportunities to run therapy session with Korean clients and speaking in Korean. Um, I think there's a lot of room to grow in Korea because... Um, we don't have that much art program right now. Mm-hmm. So, for example, at school setting, hospital setting, you know, I can always pioneer art program. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a lot of room to grow. So, it's kind of pros and cons.
2: True. It's mm-hmm. like a fresh field, so you mm-hmm. can pioneer and... There's a lot of need for it, but at the same time, it's a fresh start, so it can be frustrating and maybe sometimes redundant
1: doing mm-hmm. things over. And, and when again. you're saying pioneering these programs, mm-hmm. do you mean like these programs are not, uh, they don't exist in those settings, but you actually go there and propo- send them a proposal, and then they'll be mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, that's a great idea.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so cool." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had to email them and and um, shared a presentation. And then um, let them hear um, what I'm gonna do. And then if that makes sense for them, um, they accept my proposal. And then they let me to create the that program.
1: That's actually mm-hmm. that really sounds like they're quite open minded about it.
0: Then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think um, art therapy is an emerging field in Korea right now, um, and I think many people think um, it's. Uh, I think many people think art therapy in a positive way, especially after sewol mm. um, So people begin to realize therapy is not only for those who are dealing with mental illness or developmental delays, but also it's really good for any types of people who are dealing with stresses, anxiety, and any types of like, light or heavy trauma and sometimes people need uh, therapy because they were traumatized just by hearing others people's story and then just by watching the news oh like secondhand trauma uh, yeah secondhand trauma interesting and so those people can also see a therapist to process like their feelings, their feelings. too mm-hmm.
2: true and for listeners who don't know the seo fairy was a uh, a National disaster, I guess, where a mm-hmm. bunch of uh, middle school students were they uh, died. I think there were
1: high school high school students, school. High school students okay, yes. like three hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big mm-hmm. incident. The ferry capsized, and mm-hmm. it it was a national scale catastrophe that yeah. really was on the news for. It's still sometimes on the news.
2: It really is special because I remember hearing about it while I was mm-hmm. in Canada, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I wasn't really that involved in mm-hmm. Korea or anything, but it it hit me like really hard mm-hmm. Same, from like abroad. I,
1: I still remember I was in college. I was in uh, Pennsylvania and then I was shook (laughs) when I heard the news. Um, So, yeah. So,
2: so Grace, then can you tell us maybe you told us a little bit about the pros of, um, you know, pioneering art therapy and career. Can you talk about maybe some of the cons or some of the difficulties?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Just like what I shared with you guys, since there is no established program or system, there are so many things to work on. Um, Like, for example, um, you know, I need to talk about what art therapy is to them and Mm -hmm. then um, also talk about, like, initiate conversation about fee and funding. And they don't even know, like, how much they should pay for me Mm -hmm. um, because there is no uh, standard. standard. Um, and also, I see some art therapists in Korea. They didn't get proper education or training, but they also call them as art therapists. Right. Um, so I also see that as, as ethical issues because they... Yeah, because you know, you're treating people. people. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and you're diagnosing people as well. I, that is
1: quite serious because you can't have a therapist just be like, "Oh, I'm a therapist because mm-hmm. I like talking to people." So mm-hmm. I think yeah, that is a very mm-hmm. serious ethical mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for example, like they did art education, and mm-hmm. then they uh, call them as art therapists because oh. they just cause they, uh, they know art. like how to interact with people uh, with tour of art, mm-hmm. but actually it's different because they do not use this as a clinical purpose. Um, I mean, there is intersection between education and and art therapy, art education and art therapy, but still it's like goal is different and the curriculum and, you know, program is different actually. And
2: responsibility is different too, Mm -hmm, you know, like mm -hmm. if you suck at teaching art as an art educator, then that's just on you. But if you suck at being a therapist to people who need help, then people aren't going to get the help they really need.
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm. Um, But anyways, uh, I feel great to have this amazing opportunities to work with uh, people who need help in my own country. And it's really great to promote art therapy in Korea. Yeah, that's -hmm. a really positive
1: attitude. And I think what you're doing is really great. Um, So I guess I do want to talk about what Mm -hmm. led you to choose this as a profession. Was this always a passion of yours? Mm -hmm. What's Mm -hmm. the story
0: there? So there is a personal story of mine. Um, So as a Korean female who arrived in Canada without knowing English during my teenage year, I remember those like difficult challenges, um, which affected my psychological and emotional state. Mm -hmm. Um, I really didn't know like where to seek help. And like, I didn't know like who to talk about my feelings. Um, But during this time, like, I found art as my safe outlet. Um, Mm. It really helped me to build, like, self-confidence, also build relationship with my uh, classmates. Because, like, when I make art, like, they start to talk to me. So I use this as actually, like, you know, communication tool. Um, So it really helped me, um, you know, build friendship and also help me release my anxiety and stresses and repressed feelings at the time, um, especially at the time I wasn't really able to speak English, so it was really great tool. Um, so this helped me to get into art, co- art college in Chicago um, so I thought I you're escape yeah. from Canada <laughs> <laughs> excuse no, actually, me <laughs> actually Canada is a really great city uh, but it's really you know peaceful.
2: what no, no we um, don't want you
0: <laughs> but you know what there was only one art museum at the time in oh. Toronto and at, oh, okay. at that young age, I realized, that oh, maybe this is going to be not a really great city for me to explore art. Right, so, I, right. so I skip it. <laughs> yeah. um, That's a valid point. I don't point. blame you. <laughs> no, just Excuse no. yeah. Okay, so let me go back to the topic. <laughs> um, so I um, I thought I was going to be a fine artist. But then I took this art therapy course um, when I was in junior year. Um and then it was so fascinating to discover how like art could really clinically help people um, express their feelings and, and enhance self esteem. Mm-hmm. So I, something clicked in my mind, and I was like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted to be. Um, so. After taking this class, I became involved in several art-related human services, like such as, you know, family workshop at Chicago Children's Museum, and then some art education program at non-profit uh, organization setting in Chicago, and and also being an art teacher in kindergarten. So this um, my work experiences and also my personal and academic experiences all came together and led me to have this goal um, of becoming a professional art therapist. Mm. Wow. Um, (laughs) And I think my um, own experience as a newcomer in Canada, um, I think that really... Uh, getting me greater empathy and compassion toward immigrant, like Asian immigrant youth especially um, so I used to work a lot with Asian immigrants kids from low socioeconomic status when I was in New York City and, and actually that population is um, the client that I really want wish to work with? continuously yeah. oh, okay. mm-hmm. kids from the inner yeah, city in the future mm-hmm. like me
2: Tough, tough childhood.
1: (laughs) Wait, so what you're saying is that your own background as an Asian immigrant, Mm -hmm. it kind of helps you authentically connect connect with
0: with the other Asian youth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So as um, an Asian art therapist, I'm fully aware of this uh, cultural Asian backdrop when it comes to mental health. Um, I understand... um, how these children struggling with their parents um, because Asian parents are putting a lot of you know pressure on these kids and these kids are not uh, feeling comfortable to talk about their authentic feelings. Um, they do not know how to um, cope with their stresses. Mm. So I can not really relate it to this specific population. So I really wanted to help them to you know create this safe space and talk about their feelings so they can become their best version of their self yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: i wish i had that (laughs) i I might be a very different person today (laughs)
1: same although i think for me i had a little bit different um Mm -hmm. thing because i went to boarding school for a bit Mm. so i was very authentic in myself because i was away from my family not that they were holding me back but we all know you
2: still need therapy though
0: Wow! <laughs> Actually, I have a session. We all do. Afterwards. That's my point. Yeah, I think in Asia, uh, many parents told their parent uh, their children to not to talk about um, any weakness uh, yeah. about uh, their children or like any issues about their home. But this kids repress a lot of feelings and they do not know how to seek help. So I mm-hmm. think that's becoming an issues. Um, And that is why like, um, these kids are getting really depressed and even though they get really higher grade and getting accepted to higher ranked college. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, one thing that Mm -hmm.
1: definitely we should talk about more Mm -hmm. is you mentioned that you pioneered a program Mm -hmm. um, to do art therapy with the children of North Korean defectors. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of, you know, share with us some of the unique issues that these kids faced? during your work with them? Sure.
0: Um, so I think many North Korean defectors' kids are dealing with their identity issues. Uh, for example, you know, where should I belong? Um, they are not belong to North Korea. They feel like they are not really belong to South Korea because they are actually, you know, coming from North Korea. Right. So these, peop- these kids um isolated uh, by the environment, but they also isolate. Their own self, I think, um, and also another issue is that they have lack of trust, trusted adult or trusted environment, mm-hmm. um, since their childhood was uh, has been really inconsistent, and uh, they don't have any uh, person to talk about and. There was actually no room to feel safe. Um, so these kids, uh, I think dealing with a lot of low self-esteem issues and low self-confidence and a lot of anxiety and frustration and many triggers. Mm, so I believe they should get more social-emotional support and getting more therapies rather than only focusing on academics. But actually, reality it's not. So I think that is a big issue. Um, yeah, it's really sad to hear that um, they're struggling with, like, high expectation on their academic wizard while dealing with, like, culture barrier, language barrier, and, and they're also um, getting a lot of pressure to earn money um, while they're dealing with different uh, factors.
2: Yeah, that's very true, and I can actually talk a little bit more about why these North Korean kids have uh, bring have so much baggage uh, with them. Because <clears throat> having worked in North Korea and lived there, the political system in North Korea really is not conducive to a happy, healthy childhood. Um, because uh, North Korea is essentially a security state. You know, everyone spies on one another, and most importantly, no one can be trusted. You can't even trust your family because you don't know when your uncle or your aunt or even your siblings might turn on you for these like political benefits, or when they're in trouble, they might sell one of uh, another person out just so that they can get out of a, a sticky situation. There's also the issue of domestic abuse that's very very serious in North Korea. There's sexual abuse, all too common in North Korea. And so these kids are seeing a lot of these kind of. Um, unhealthy gender roles and abuse, and there's also a lot of fostering of anger and resentment in children from a very early age. Because uh, in North Korea, they, you know, it anger is a Important part of the political propaganda machine. They have to have anger towards somebody in order Mm. to kind of keep this really um, Socialist state alive and a lot of that anger is directed towards, you know imperialists or capitalists or Americans or South Koreans So from a very early age kids are literally taught to have resentment and anger towards something and all the time and and to blame their situation on something Um, and lastly There's a lot of deep shame and guilt um, for these children who are coming from North Korea because they see a lot of things, they see a lot of terrible things in North Korea. For instance, uh, they see uh, people, you know, report each other to the police or to the government or they sell out um, their family members for food rations. And so they do a lot of perhaps um, unimaginable things to survive. And that's really hard to deal with because on one hand, you're doing terrible things. But on the other hand, you're... trying to survive right and And
1: you're trying to help your family yeah so Mm. that is yeah that is intense and then there's
2: another thing that we can totally get into but we're not going to do today and that's like how south koreans perceive north korea you know that doesn't help at all that's a big problem yeah
1: that too i i remember being indoctrinated at a young age uh that north korea was evil everyone was like my grandma used to tell me that they ate each other right yeah, so well, yeah. just like all these weird horror stories. Um, But yeah, we can talk about but I that. Mean,
2: it's, it's essentially discrimination, you know? Right, like, that too. Like, like we're superior, yeah, exactly. blah, blah,
1: blah. Wow, so everything you guys just said about North Korea, that that's just so intense. And I think it's really great that you used art therapy to kind of help these kids process their situation. Um, But I think one thing I'm really curious about is how exactly is art therapy used to help people heal? Just curious to um, find out from a professional and not a Google search.
0: Yes, sure. So art therapy is a type of psychotherapy that uses uh, art as a tool. To help improve sensory motor skills, improve self esteem, self awareness, and it also help promote uh, emotional resilience and insight and mediate stress. So many studies have found that art making increases emotional growth and boosts self autonomy. So pen. People with mental illness or a physical disability and people who are dealing with emotional difficulties and stress due to schoolwork, peer pressure, parental divorce, domestic violence, isolation at school, even um, uh, of loss of loved one can all benefit from art therapy because it helped them release those Uh, feelings and unspoken words in less intimidating and stigmatizing way. Actually, this is a paragraph from my thesis paper. So this is (laughs) 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 really well-described phrases. (laughs) Mm. Um, So therapy is able to help uh, her or his client to achieve a treatment goal whether that is short-term or long-term and our therapists also serve a client by understanding their culture and social background uh, i think which is the most important thing to understand clients needs. okay so i think that mm-hmm. directly ties in with why you are so passionate about
1: helping mm-hmm. immigrants with an asian background mm-hmm. it's because that's the population that Mm -hmm. you can relate to.
0: That's so interesting. And especially uh, for those who are having language barrier and who are really shy to talk about their feeling, I think art really help them um, to express in a safe and creative way. Mm -hmm. Um, And also people who are um, dealing with really... um, heavy trauma it's really hard for them to like talk about it and they do not even know where to start their right. conversation so it's kind of create a, it helped them create a safe space to um, express how they feel mm-hmm. so i wanted to give um, some good example of what art therapy is mm. because there is a lot of um Um, incorrect uh, representation is going around on media and internet. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, if there is a small boy in a big house, um, this this boy must feel lonely, right? You mean in a drawing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. in a drawing. Um, But actually, not always like this. Um, Honestly, if this work like this anybody can be art therapist and analyze this drawing right yeah um so if uh, red scribble in the drawing people think this is like a violence anger blood but actually this isn't true um So I really wanted to highlight that our therapist should understand their client's background, like especially cultural background and understand where they are really coming from physically, mentally, and psychologically. And we must gather their family background, childhood history, current behavior at school or at work setting. And we also need to know like very specific information, like for uh, their, for example, their favorite color, dislike color, and we need to observe their facial expression, temper, eye contact, and behavior patterns while making art, so we can really um, come up with this analysis and assess their mental state uh, through their artwork. Um, Interesting. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, for example, depend uh, depend on client's psychosocial history and cultural background, each artwork become very unique. Um, so each color or line contains different meaning. Um, let's say there is a boy from the culture where they think rep- red represent warmth. Um, maybe this boy is gonna represent red, you know, as a warmth, right? Mm-hmm. And there should be a girl from. Um, there should be a girl who uses red color a lot because it's her favorite color. Um, so I just need to understand that, okay, this is her favorite, not uh, this doesn't not really negative. represent any negative or violence. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very dangerous to analyze clients' artwork by uh, only looking at facade and what you see. Um, so now I wanted to uh, share what rear art therapy is.
2: Mm, yeah.
0: Um, so I can give my examples of directive art therapy sessions. Um, so, for example, um, I'm this is my favorite directive: inside and outside mask. So I'm providing this paper mache white blank mask to mm. um, our children, and so on the outside, these childrens going to represent how they represent their self at social setting or at home and school setting, um, but inside of the mask, they're going to express how they really fit inside. Maybe um, this going to create opportunities for them to uh, reflect on how they needed to hide their feelings um, and some repressed feeling that they weren't able to talk with other people. Um, so this kind of directive helped them to create safe space to talk about their feelings and also help them empathize with one another. Um, I think... Also, by sharing their story and by also looking at their own artwork, it helped them gain self-awareness, which is really important to build self-identity in the childhood period. Um, and also, they also learned that uh, they also learned that it is okay to share their feelings in a safe space. Um, and also learn that it is okay to ask for help. So mm. I think this kind of tool is really safe and creative tool um for those who can't really talk about their feelings.
1: Right. I think even even the mask thing, like just going back to what you said earlier, like if you tell someone, Hey, tell me what you really think on mm. the inside and how you feel and show me how you are outside, like yeah, that makes They're not
2: gonna understand that.
1: Yeah, and also it's like even I wouldn't understand that because i think us as individuals ourselves mm-hmm. we have like these inner barriers for us that prevent us from being mm-hmm. self-reflective self mm-hmm. so if i were to get that assignment right now i would really get into it and be what, like Whoa. what would your
2: <laughs> inner mask look like <laughs>
1: very loud and happy mm-hmm. and i think that's your outer like, mask oh i meant outer mask
2: oh what about your inner mask
1: Yeah, so that's what I mean. I would actually have to think about it because I can't immediately (laughs)
0: answer that question.
1: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's
0: that's actually
2: hellfire
0: so it's really interesting to to observe their mask because actually this even their little children's uh inside and outside is really different sometimes they had to you know hide their sad feeling or anger in front of their parents and then like they had to show happy happy face so actually they're sharing their own stories and and i think it's really wonderful to hear how these children are still doing a lot of stress. I think this exercise
2: would have been really good with some of my (laughs) ex-girlfriends.
1: Or for you. I'm curious, what's what's your inner inner mask, Shin?
2: I don't know, it's too dark. Mm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious, was there ever um, a mask where it was like really dark on the outside but really like soft and mushy on the inside?
0: Yeah, I think most of them are like, you know, using very aggressive patterns or Mm -hmm. some colors and then they actually, you know, point it out and then uh, share that oh you know uh, I'm having this kind of difficult feelings mm-hmm. but I wasn't really able to share this feeling with my parents because I was worried if my parents uh, are also worry about me mm-hmm. so right, we, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. so they repress a lot mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. can I share another example too Yeah, Of yeah, yeah, course. Of course. Um, so if there is a boy who likes to um, be isolated by himself. He doesn't want to have any physical interaction with other kids because he doesn't want to get like physically touched with other people and he doesn't even want to um, mix paint color Mm -hmm. because he can't tolerate that mixture of paint. That's interesting. Uh, uh, Yeah. Um, So we can use art therapy as a metaphor. Um, So for example, um, I brought this... um, empty shoe box and then um, paint and marbles and let this uh, marbles touch the paint. Mm. And then there is like different marbles in the shoe, shoe box. And then let this kid shake this box and imagine what's going to happen. This marble with the paint um, is going to get mixed all together. Right. 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 So by hearing this um, box, uh, like, you know, shaking box sounds, like marbling, rattling rattling sounds, these kids get excited. And then when he opened this box, he's going to see the mixture of this paint. And he's going to be able to realize, oh, this is fun to get mixed. Oh, it's okay to get mixed. It's like
2: conditioning, like a happy experience Mm -hmm. with like an experience that they weren't comfortable with. Mm -hmm.
0: So it's like a rehearser for mm-hmm. some kids to um improve social skill as well. So we are using art therapy in very different ways. That it's good is, to mingle. Yeah, it is. Don't
2: be a wallflower.
0: <laughs> Don't be a paintless marble. Shake
2: it up.
1: <laughs>
0: Shake it up. I this like that word. It's
1: truly fascinating. Cause mm-hmm. I think everything I've ever, you know, known about art therapy is whatever I've seen in movies or dramas. And like you like the misconceptions you mentioned earlier, it was always like angry scribbles black hole it's like mm-hmm. oh they're seeing demons or <laughs> they does anybody watch stranger things where yes. the kid just draws mm-hmm. a lot of dark stuff and it's like it's a map or the yeah you know what i mean but that's so interesting yeah, very every, very
2: eye-opening every time i listen the more i listen to this the more i think i really wish i had it as a kid i could have been successful
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> i could have been not messed up
1: yeah I'm, yeah, I'm also wondering. I think everyone who's listening to this is also probably thinking, hmm, what else, like, how else could I have,
0: you know, turned out? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, when I was studying art therapy, I was like, oh, if I had this outlet, I mean, if I had opportunity to see a therapist when I was in high school, maybe I wasn't dealing with that much stresses at that time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's, this just, this is me going off on a tangent, but it just um i'm going back to what you said earlier how some people have trauma based on hearing a story from others and you know what i just like brushed it off as an i don't know what that's like but actually fun fact i it was in high school i had an english teacher that talked about mm-hmm. how he um i think went snowboarding and then he saw in front of his eyes a guy explode and by that he <laughs> said he was just like at the bottom of a slope and this person was in canada by the way you know what (laughs) maybe that's why i've never been to canada um this person like speeds down and he didn't stop himself and there was like a boulder and apparently he smashed right into the rock and he exploded and you know he was an english teacher so he was very colorful about he was like yeah there was so much red like against the snow Mm -hmm. and it traumatized me just yeah. hearing that story. Why did he say,
2: tell you that story? He told
1: us in class and I actually can't remember why but that story stayed with me and to this day I've never gone <laughs> skiing or <laughs> snowboarding and mm-hmm. I freaking live in Korea where it's like the hub of that so mm-hmm. very much yes I'm wondering maybe after that if I had an art therapy session.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like white and just like a big explosion of red.
1: I don't know because yeah. like
0: clearly I'm still holding on to it in some subconscious level. So actually there is a terminology, so we call that a vicarious trauma. So actually we are using this word a lot i mean therapists using this word a lot because right. imagine we're hearing this kind of stories like every day like from like 10 people in a day and then of course i get traumatized too so i need to see a therapist to process those therapist feelings to as see well. the and yeah. sometimes when i you know after hearing um how this client was attacked by like you know male adult when i go to a meeting um and then when I see this like male adult, I feel like, oh, what if this person's me. gonna attack mm-hmm. me and something happened to me? And I know that this is a person, but you know, people can always get traumatized. Yes, so it's really, yeah.
1: Sometimes you are you don't even re- realize how stuff affects you until mm, like you're feeling sure. it. Mm-hmm.
2: What a cool word though, vicarious trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see how I have that now. <laughs> that's,
1: that's going into my resume, future employers. <laughs> just kidding. Qualifications. I have vicarious
2: vicarious trauma.
1: <laughs> so then it makes me wonder, um, can you like tell us more about repressed issues, especially in adults, but also not just adults, children as well, just in general?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good question because that's something we all think about. Like, what kind of stuff is inside of me?
1: Yeah. Especially because, you know, they do, there are statistics saying that we are in a generation where a lot more people uh, feel like they have anxiety.
2: We have more issues than previous generations. I was trying to, I was
1: trying to like (laughs) phrase that carefully, but, you know, there are studies that
0: claim that. So I am curious. And
2: especially anxiety.
0: Yeah, especially anxiety. Okay, so I think I can share um, my personal example about repressed issues, repression issues. Um, so when I just arrived in Canada in high school, um, just uh, just like I shared with you guys in the front, um, I wasn't really um, able to talk about my feelings with other people. And then I suddenly got into headache every day. And I went to see a doctor and he told me that, oh, there's not, like i don't have any issues hmm. um and i learned through my grad program um several with, years later <laughs> mm-hmm, several years later i mean 10 years later <laughs> i found out that was kind of psychosomatic symptoms so psychosomatic symptom is that um, you're having this somatic symptom because of your psychological issues. Uh-huh. If you're getting a lot of anxiety and stress, it turns into your physical symptoms. Right. For example, like sweating um, and migraines, stomach ache, and you can't really function well in your normal life.
2: You have all of that, Hush, Mama.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Just yeah. And also... Um, you know, it can just generate other issues like self-destructive thoughts and behavior such as suicidal ideation and overeating and over-drinking. So I think all the students and all the adults should be aware of their own feelings and know how to identify and also it can help them like how to cope their own feelings. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of adults these days, especially young adults, are Mm -hmm. seeking that. And the problem is, it's really difficult to get that type of therapy or really expensive mm-hmm. or those resources just aren't available. But I think most young adults now, because of the mm-hmm. media, because of like the prevalence of like psychotherapy, mm-hmm. we all know that we have these issues and that we should be getting therapy, but I don't think a lot of us do it. And I think a lot of people are scared too, to like kind of dig deep and see what's mm-hmm. inside there because it can be dark. Right, Mama?
1: Haha <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. no but for sure i think i was just thinking because literally just last week i had a friend that told me he was dealing with issues and i said then you should seek help from a therapist and he said that it's do you know how expensive that is i looked into it but it is so expensive yeah. So
2: in Canada, <laughs> where healthcare is free and universal, <laughs> there are more options.
1: I mean, we have universal healthcare in Korea too, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Grace, but you still have to pay quite a bit to get therapy here, right? I don't think it's covered. Yeah. In it's the, it's it's
2: like half universal, half private in Korea, which I think is actually a really good system. But um things like therapy and like and correct me if I'm wrong, this mental health uh, resources, they're not considered essential um mm. uh mm-hmm. what do you call it, health needs. And so yeah, you, you have that to correct? pay extra.
0: I think that's true. I mean yeah. our therapy cannot be covered with insurance mm-hmm. here yeah. and with and it's because it's really expensive, I think. Um, I think that is another reason why people are not really able to afford it and then seek for a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I think this repression can also lead to transgeneration issues. So, for example, like the mom who doesn't um, know how to talk about their feelings and like to hide her own feeling, she... Won't be able to um, be a really healthy figure for her own children. Mm-hmm. So these children's gonna um, also repress feelings, right? So it's gonna be just transferred to next generation, next generation. So I think like we really need to work on our feelings yeah. and identify it and end so, it here. Um, so we for can the just cut, cut this, um, you know, um, transgenerational
2: transgenerational yeah. things.
0: So this is my personal example of my grandfather, so who suffered from PTSD as a veteran from the Korean War. Um, so when I uh, tried to use or play with remote control of television at his home, he suddenly got really like uh, triggered um, mm. or, and really angry and frustrated because I think um, it triggered his memory from the war. Uh, mm. Maybe the remote control was looking like really similar to the gun that he was using. Um, and then when I tried to um, use gas stuff, he got really um, anxious too. Um, and I think it also transferred to my uh, father and it also transferred to me and my younger brother. Um, so when I when we use remote control or gas stuff, we are getting really sensitive and also it triggers uh, my memory of my grandfather as well. Um, So I think it's really important to know where this anxiety and feelings are coming from. Um, Is that your father's? Is that your grandfather's? um, Otherwise, it's going to continue to transfer to the next generation because you're... um, seeing this mirroring behavior from your parents.
2: Mm, Interesting. Right. Yeah, that's really important mm-hmm. because you have to know where it comes from mm-hmm. in order for you to stop it, not just for yourself, but for it uh, from it being passed down to the next generation. Mm-hmm.
1: I actually have a similar thing I can relate. And this is, um, well, this is about my grandmother. So she's, obviously she wasn't a veteran, but she did live through the Korean Korean War. Um, so I noticed when I was a young child, I used to... Um, during the summers I lived with my grandma, you know, the summertime you do play with a lot of fireworks. So she used to get really scared and like get down and like, Oh, like cover her ears. Yeah. Yeah. And then she'd be like, is it the guns? Is it the Japanese? Like, I don't know. She like, she switches back and forth between Japanese and North Korean, but either way, she's like clearly traumatized by the sound of, um, gunshots mm-hmm. so then I think for a while during my childhood I used to be really afraid of fireworks mm-hmm. and I got over it um, not because I was self-aware and I I knew okay I learned that behavior from, from my grandma that you attended after <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no but like honestly um looking back I think that's what it was mm, which true. is really that heartbreaking is if example. you think about it
2: yeah that is sad. So then maybe coming back full circle, um, having both uh, teaching experience in Korea and in the States and also being a student of art in both countries, uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of what you think are the key differences between the two systems and maybe the pros and cons of both?
0: So actually, I think the education system in Korea in the West was totally different. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs>
2: like everything surprise, else. Surprise!
0: Surprise. Yeah. Um. So, for example, when I was in middle school, uh, actually, I went to art specialized middle school in Korea. Um, I needed to draw an apple. Um, I just needed to um, create the most similar looking apple drawing,
2: like a realistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You need to just describe it exactly what you see under the, the table. Um, so we use same color, um, perfect composition. There is always answer for this artwork. Um, they only validated my technique, not my own idea or my own voice. So when I um, entered like art high school in Toronto, um, the first project that I had was create five Uh, artworks that is related to apple, Um, but you can't include an actual apple. So I actually had a really hard time to understand this project because Mm. I used to draw an apple that that was placed on the table and now this teacher asked me to create artwork without you know... The apple. Without the (laughs) apple. (laughs) Um, So this actually, I think, help really students to brainstorm their own voice and own opinions. And I think this um, kind of opportunity um, helps students to develop identity as well, which is really important part, Um, because they can learn to have this responsibility and, and learn that it is okay to come up with their own voice and they're going to know that this is going to be validated. So I think this is a really great process mm. um, of building self-identity. So I, I wanted to share a very interest interesting story of my uh, classmate uh, when I was in high school and having that same art project.
2: Of like drawing the apple without the apple.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of the students from our class brought her poop in a jar (laughs) after eating an apple um and actually it was her own artwork and she said um you know this is kind of like natural symptom and digestion is Uh part of our life and actually it was very philosophical um everyone was very shocked but however teacher graded her work and i realized that okay so this teacher validated his, uh, her own opinions, and also this artwork was accepted as an artwork, right? Um, if sh- this student was in Korea, maybe like she won't right. be able to come back to middle school, <laughs> right? They would never take that seriously, and they would think that mm-hmm. was
1: like a prank for sure. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what a powerful statement made both by the student and the teacher who accepted it and mm-hmm. graded the artwork. That's.
2: And actually, you know, we definitely have to think about the pros and cons of both systems, right? Like Korea that might focus too much on the rules and maybe the West that focuses too little on the rules. Because one of my favorite Picasso quotes are, learn the rules like a master so that you can break them like an artist, you know? Oh, yeah. I had to plug that in.
1: Grace is really nodding vigorously. Oh, that
0: is my favorite quote from <laughs> Picasso, actually. <And> so that's, <laughs> I have a tattoo of it on my back. But no.
2: and, and that's why you need both systems, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think that's such an interesting note to even end this episode on because it goes back to what you said about, you know, having your opinions and your views validated and even your poop.
2: I'd like to validate you, Hush Mama.
1: Wow, that, you know what? Like, we. I feel like she was he, giving
2: me the stink guy. She was like, people need to be validated. Shin.
1: <laughs> no, it's so, I, I, that just caught me off guard just because, like, we're usually um, dissing each other during episodes. But thank you. <laughs> I see you and you too, Grace. <laughs> see you both.
2: Thank you so much for coming on, Grace. That was incredible. We definitely have to have you back to talk about more stuff.
1: Yeah, that was so interesting. Now I feel like I'm going to go home and think about. Yeah, thank Myself. you for
0: inviting me. <laughs> <laughs>